Hey everyone, welcome to Sad Girls Club episode 25. What's that called when it's a fourth of a century? Wow. Is there a word? I know there's a word and I was also thinking about it. Like quarter life crisis maybe? I know that's not the word. <laughs> I don't know what the word is. What? Centennial, that might oh. be a century. Oh. I know it's like something like that, half a century. Because I was like, oh, it's like our half a century. But then I was like, no, because this has nothing to do with years. I know. Like, that's not a thing. <laughs> that's just what my brain automatically associates it with. All right. But we're on 25. So applause for us because we've made it wow. this far. So my name is Gwen. Pronouns are she and her. My name is Erin. My pronouns are also she, her, her. So I was just going to say um, <laughs> what we're talking about this episode. So first we're going to do a little album review of a album we really like. I've listened to a lot for the past month um, by an artist named Shara that's called Subtle Creature. And then, so I think it's sort of going to be like a mix of gen topics, that, but that are like based on current news. So the first is going to be a, a conversation about harassment on the internet. Some of the things that have been in the news recently are specifically targeting Gabby Doug- Douglas, the Olympian, and then Normani Corday, the best member of Fifth Harmony. <laughs> um, and then the next conversation, it's sort of a presidential update, but also mostly about just like the differences in white voters and voters of color. And I guess the sort of like guilt that white voters try to put on people of color for their voting, voting choices. And then as we just decided about three minutes ago, a conversation <laughs> about feminism and sort of the idea of feminism as like needing to be nice in parentheses to other women, but like maybe also just in general. So, but first we're going to do our intro where we talk about what we're listening to, reading, watching, and then how the legacy of causation has been affecting us for I guess the past two weeks since we have been on a hiatus <laughs> quick thing I love how this is a hiatus we haven't done an ep in two weeks but during like a couple months back we wouldn't do an episode in five weeks it'd be literally and just two be like months. hey next up yeah you're like did you forget about us <laughs> there was no like um yeah. what's the word like official statement yeah. no official statement we're starting to do those now but yeah because we have been sort of consistent yeah. so yes we're back Okay, I'll start with what I've been listening to, reading, watching. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm, I just finished a book called The Perfect Fine for my book club. My book club, we read books by Black women, but it was like a sort of like romantic comedy book, and I loved it so much. Wait, I liked it. what was the name of it again? It's called The Perfect Find. It's like about this like 40 year old woman. She like used to be like in the fashion world, but then she like has a breakup, like loses everything, moves, I guess, to that New York City. Sounds fucking and then, <laughs> And then she like falls in love with this um kid at her job who's 22 and it's like <gasps> so scandalous but Wait, I that's actually my dream life can we please talk about how that's my dream life <laughs> it was so good I just finished it yesterday um and so what am I reading now I've bought so many books like in the past few weeks I bought Sandra Cisneros like one of her books of poetry I bought this book called Home Going which everyone is talking about and then I bought I was at this like feminist bookstore yesterday and I bought a book called oh my god I can't even remember what it's called but it it has like such a good title let me see if it's like here on my dresser oh it's called (laughs) Islands of Decolonial Love by Leanne Simpson and I think that is like a sort of book of like poetry or like vignettes um so I'm just gonna choose one of those to read next and then I'm listening to I mean it's been two weeks so last week I was listening to like 
in the heights every single day when we recorded I was like first like kind of getting into it then I was like all in like doing Goog Translate to figure out like what a piragua meant and like and then I I watched it on (laughs) the YouTube bootleg which is one of the most amazing pieces of art I'd ever seen I just don't understand how a person like literally filmed the entire thing on their phone that's like decol that's i was like you deserve a Nobel prize you're an american hero you should be on the ten dollar bill or twenty dollar bill is the one that's changing it was so fun because it was like really a piece of art because it would have some like i guess when um in the heights was in the heights was big they did like some tv performances like on pbs or whatever so for some songs they would just like play the clip of the song <laughs> like in super high quality like so good oh but then my it was like, god there was layers yeah. to that recording and then it was so like low quality and so bad at some parts <laughs> but then it would be like close-ups on like people's faces I was like you did so much <laughs> from your seat and I'm so grateful to you like I love that I musical. hope they're getting paid for that it was amazing um so I became really obsessed within the heights I still like have the song stuck in my head all the time um but this week I've been listening to well I've listened to this song called Cha Cha by I don't know if this chitch is called Dram. I feel like I'm calling him Dram in my head. Oh, yeah. But it is like an acronym. D R A M. Um Yeah, I feel like people call him D R A M. Yeah. Is that true? I don't know. <laughs> I've like <laughs> never said it. <laughs> but yeah, I'm just listening to Cha Cha on repeat the past weekend. Um and then I'm also listening to Ray Shrimmer's album, which I think is called Shrim oh. Life. I wanna really know what Shrim Ray Shrimmer means. I'm going to need to read the Ricky page. It is such a good album. It's just, I feel like it's so good for August, which is like the end-ish of summer, even though summer technically ends September. Um, just because mm-hmm. this, I, at least in New York, like it's really like disgustingly hot and humid. We've had like heat waves for past two weeks, like 90 degrees, just like so disgusting. But then it's like end of summer. So you still want to like hang out, but you can't go as hard as you can in like May and July because you'll literally pass out and die. And then also like, I'm not in school, but like school starting, I feel like has just different vibes. So I feel like this is such yeah. a good album. I'm just, I've listened to that on repeat too. Um, watching, so I'm like still watching Big Brother. I had like, so obviously it's a reality TV show. This is its 18th season. I've literally been watching this show since like 2007. So, or six, like a full decade. Not every single season I've like dropped off of some seasons, like when they've gotten bad. But like, it's a reality TV show. So obviously me as a black viewer, like roots for the black, um, like character, not characters, but like contestants, I guess. So mm-hmm. this, in this particular season, they like brought back some of the vets who had been on the show before. Yeah. And one of them was... It was an awesome... No, they just brought back four. And then they had like new people. <laughs> um, But like they brought back one of the most iconic contestants ever. Like this like beautiful, dark skinned black woman who like always talks about like her little baby who she's like trying to win the money for her baby. Mm. She got eliminated so early. I think like maybe like second or third in her season. So... I was just like I needed her so much like on my screening and I was so happy of course she was my fave and then she was also like just like the best uh, contestant obviously like had the biggest personality was so funny I love her so much her name is Davon Rogers um Mm -hmm. for people who don't know what the fuck I'm talking about so she (laughs) like they started targeting her I was getting depressed I was like I can't watch the show there's her and then there was another black girl on the on the season um and then so she got eliminated like maybe like two weeks ago and I was like I can't watch this anymore but I also like and I like tried to cancel because I brought the live feeds and literally I went to cancel and it was like wait we'll give you a month for free I was like okay (laughs) 
guess I um, won't cancel it. Yeah, reels back in. <laughs> but um, but this week, like the power shifted. If anyone watches like reality shows with like fifteen people trying to win money, like that may make sense to you. Um, and so like the people who are like the underdogs are like winning against, and it's like these like maybe like three or four like white guys who are huge misogynists were like sort of controlling the house and then it flipped so I'm like excited again that's <laughs> that's still like in the rotation um what else am I even watching anything else I did watch some like the more of the great British baking show just because Big Brother was literally like stressing me out and I just wanted to watch something that wasn't stressful so <laughs> cooking shows like are that for me um how Legacy of Causation has been affecting me this past few weeks what I was gonna say in this part because obviously I've been this is like the hardest part of the intro that actually requires thinking and not just like scrolling through my Spotify recents so I was thinking about um just like I guess the pressure from immigrant parents or parents who my mom is first generation my dad is an immigrant um which makes me 2.5th generation which I feel like is stupid to say but like I don't like to say I'm second generation because I feel like that's like not true but that's Mm -hmm. my family background there like from the Caribbean and I just feel like there's like this meme that you've probably seen it has like Iggy Azalea's ex fiance Swaggy P don't really know what he does I think he's a basketball (laughs) and it's like him with like his head cocked and like little question marks all around it like it's a yeah and then like the one I'm thinking of is a caption it's like immigrant parents will like never be proud of or like never be impressed by anything and it's like a little conversation it's like immigrant dad like how old are you and the kid is like I'm 18. The dad is like, when I was your age, I was 19. <laughs> I that's like iconic. That. Yes, I've seen that. But it's like, so definitely, true. like, that's literally, I feel like, what my life is like. I just, yeah. obviously, like, I'm sure that, like, we have a lot of listeners who are, like, come from immigrant backgrounds, like, in America or not. But just, like, obviously, there's a reason, like, why my parents or your parents, like, are, like, not impressed by, like, anything that you do, and that's been happening since I've been, like, in, in high school, um, and just be, like, I understand, because I try to be empathetic, that it's, like, they want, like, the very best for you, and when you do anything less than the very best, which is all I ever do, um, they're just, like, you can do better, like, you deserve better, like, we came here for you, yeah. do better, whatever, sacrifice, whatever, um, and so, definitely been feeling that a lot, like, mm-hmm. recently, so that's me, I feel like I actually, actually talked for a long time it's great which I because never I do. love when you talk for a long time and I don't speak because I feel like pressure is off Zuri's doing her like thing. I know last week I was talking for like three minutes and yours was like 10 full minutes but that's me I've been, I mean it's been two weeks so yeah we have a lot to catch that's up been on. me but yeah what about you all right so I've been listening to obviously Shira Subtle Creature, getting ready, taking sure. some notes. And then I really haven't been listening to other music besides like the classic like Daddy Yankees that I con Drake's. <laughs> that's basically like if you look, if you could open my brain and see what I listen to, that's all you're going to find. Like that's like the main <laughs> crux of my like musical repertoire. But yeah, I've been listening to them. And then my new fave podcast, Gilmore Guys. It's been a thing for a oh, while, so like about. this isn't new. But like I love Gilmore Girls, and I started listening to Gilmore Guys because I was all caught up with my Pretty Little Liars podcast. So I was like, okay, I need some more shows about girls, and I'm obsessed. They're so funny, and it just like kind of leads into my what I've been watching because I haven't really been watching anything else besides Gilmore Girls. 
So I'm like rewatching Gilmore Girls and then listening to the Gilmore guys oh after, and I'm like, <laughs> it's full heaven for me. Like I'm like, people are like, want to do something? I'm like, I really have like three episodes of Gilmore guys to watch or to listen. Is Gilmore to. guys like they like each episode they watch an episode? Yeah, they like go over an episode yep. and they like bring like comedians to like talk about episodes mm-hmm. or they like I know and further they talk to the cast. Um, oh wow! Like it's got it got to the point like I heard of them because. It was, like, right after they announced that Gilmore Girls was coming back for the revival on Netflix. And it was, like, yeah, on the Gilmore Guys show, Scott Patterson, who plays Luke, went on and was, like, teasing the revival. And I'm, like, so, first of all, Gilmore Guys was, like, an official news outlet for this. So I'm, like, okay, this is kind of a big thing. <laughs> so it's kind of, like, one of those institutional podcasts, like, picked up by a network, like, one of those sorts of things. Um, like my other fave podcast, Two Dope Queens, but whatever, like indie podcasts are good too. Like, please support independent artists such as ourselves. Yeah, <laughs> like us. <laughs> um, so yeah, like I've been watching PLL, like follow me and you can tweet with me if you still watch Pretty Little Liars like six years after it aired because no one really does anymore and I'm alone. So I've been reading basically nothing. If we're being honest, I just kind of quit reading for a while just because it causes me stress because I'm such a slow reader. So it takes me literally like three minutes to read two pages and I get over it. I'm like, this isn't like, I'm way too slow at this. But I have been studying for the GRE. So I've been learning some like big words and I feel like happy about myself. So even though that's a legacy of colonization that I'm supposed to know those words. So whatever, but it's nice. And now how the legacy of colonization has affected me. So I've been thinking, I get into fights with my dad every single day. This is no surprise to anyone who knows me. And I've just been thinking about how like laziness is interpreted differently in men and women. I don't, I see it. I was thinking about it. I don't know if this is the correct way to think about it, but I was thinking how people hate sex workers because they're, they see that work as not real work because it's kind of like lazy. It's like, oh, like all you do is like go out with men and like fuck yeah. them whether or not you actually do. That's like basically not work. But when I think about it, I'm like, that's literally the most emotionally and physically draining work that I could think of. Like there's mm-hmm. nothing that's worse than that. Like what literally like having to be with men 24 seven and also like risk getting assaulted by them or getting assaulted by like law enforcement or like clearly like sex work is like not legal in the United States and in a lot of other countries. So it's not safe for you to do. So it's just like, how is that like equated with like doing nothing and being lazy and like kind of just like sitting back and just having men give you money? Like, I don't know. I was just thinking about that and how like, I got into a fight with my dad the other day because um, he was telling like kind of how you were just talking about he was like critiquing me not being able to find a job and he was like blah 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 when I first came here he was like telling me all this stuff Mm -hmm. and I was like it's not the same for me (laughs) first of all like it like I luckily have like more educational opportunity or like I graduated college like I have that as a privilege and he doesn't have that um but it's also like he like I do understand that he was in a rough spot when he immigrated here like I'm not not saying that but I'm also saying like the different situation like you can't like compare it he was like you should go to a trade school and get a trade like me and I'm like I don't think that's gonna make me more hireable like I'm just like I don't know like 
how that's gonna work it's just like where it's different and then he started like talking about how like I don't he like kind of like called what my mom is doing now like she was like he he essentially said that she was like complacent in her work because she wasn't like trying to move up mm-hmm. and like she just came home and like watched her novelas and her caso cerrado which if you're part of the latino crowd you know that's an iconic show it's kind of like judge judy for the spanish-speaking crowd mm-hmm. it's a great show Sounds um awesome. and that like made me angry because i'm like my mom literally does so much and like no she's not like in a high position at her job because she to white people doesn't speak good english and like graduated from high school in mexico so it was like it's like a different translation i just feel like if you like come to the u.s not knowing any english like people just assume that you're an idiot and that Mm -hmm. you can't do anything but she like literally maintains our house which is like maintaining a whole family plus she works and like she's like i'm like how is she like not doing good work i don't know it's just like and for guys it's like funny like i just think of like sitcoms where it's funny when the guy's lazy and the wife's like naggy and like blah 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 blah. but like and also sorry i'm just jumping all over the place but i'm thinking of those memes where um it's like all these guys i see it a lot on twitter and insta where guys are like stay with your man like it's okay if it's like he's like not making a lot of money right now like he's going to like you have to be more like you have to be supportive of them because they're like they're doing their work they're like 20 now so like obviously they're not gonna be rich yada yada um but like for women it's like females like you should cook clean like blah 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 all this other stuff and it's like so women can't like just sit back enjoy themselves or like not you know Mm -hmm. I don't even know what the concise how to make this sentence concise but like men can have time to evolve and just like be their thing but like women have to just like have it all figured out and like done right then and there I'm definitely and I'm like what like how is that even I mean it's not fair like misogyny isn't fair but it's still like why does that Why is that a thing? I hate that. Like, and I'm fully never going to, like, wait around for a man. If you don't have what I need at that exact moment, it's called bye. (laughs) Never speaking to you again. But that's how the legacy of colonization has affected me this week. No, I think about that all the time, too, especially with, like, reproductive labor. And, like, Mm -hmm. I remember first learning about that in my women's studies classes at my alma. And just being like, this is the most important work, like, with... And I work in, like, disability services now, and, like, that work is so important. It's, like, mostly women of color, mostly, like, immigrant people, and it's just, like, it's so undervalued, it's so underpaid, but it is, it's so important. It's such important work. Yeah, so necessary. Mm -hmm. It's also, like, the backbone of everything. Right, it's, like, like, raising children, that's, like... (laughs) Yeah, it's, like... (laughs) Like, what's more important than that? (laughs) Literally nothing. Like, we literally need people to give birth to children that's like kind of essential and to raise them and to feed them like what and also I remember reading um from one of our favorite professors do you remember talking about how like economies would literally tank if it wasn't for like um I forget what the term is but for the like transnational like the moms who leave their children in like whatever country Uh and then migrate to like generally to places like the U.S. or like I don't know like Japan like like wealthier nations like Europe and they like they come from like poor countries um oh my god I remember reading about that yeah but it's like literally what would our world be without those women right like oh my god I can't even imagine and I can't even just imagine like men just thinking they're so above it all because it's like I don't know I just I 
I don't understand (laughs) it and it makes me really annoyed. Probably why everyone just thinks I'm angry. Wow. This is a good intro. (laughs) Okay. Yes. All right. So this is a sad girls club first. That's cute. Sad Girls Club first. We're going to be doing an album review of Subtle Creature, which is an album that's coming out August 16th, 2016. And it is from an artist that I really like. Her name is Shira. I just want to do full disclaimer. Like this is our first SGC album review. So don't be expecting Stereo Gum, Pitchfork, Rolling Stone, Billboard quality material. Like this is just like. It's going to actually be better than all of those. (laughs) And we'll be writing it's for actually them gonna tomorrow. surpass them okay it's but... gonna be like i like that one it was good i like this <laughs> <I know. laughs> literally that's what it's gonna be but we love shira so totally check her out um we'll include links in reading lists yes mm-hmm. and we'll include the thing that you wrote was it for yeah. bust it was for bust magazine for I women who want to get something off their chest that's their tagline i like it but it's like a little bit, uh. <laughs> and not everyone who's a woman has boobs, so it's like, oh, uh, like whatever, you know. Well, the magazine's called Bust, so okay. I feel like that's the thing. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, so Shira, she is a musician and a poet and a visual artist. Um, Israeli born, lives in Brooklyn. We also checked her politics, so I feel like we like her. At least oh. I like. Her. <laughs> And so I feel like her music has a lot to do with, or at least like her poetry also has a lot to do with being queer and with mental illness and just with being a woman. And those are all things that are close to SGC's heart. So I feel like it's perfect that we're talking about Shira. Um, And I'm just going to throw out a couple of subtle creature quick facts because I did talk to Shira in order to write the piece that I did. So she started writing this right after she went on tour for her previous album, which is called Shouts and Sparks. We can like the Bandcamp on the reading list, but that's also a phenomenal al- album. So like if y'all want to, I think it's free on Bandcamp. It's one of those things where you can list your price and you can put 0.00 oh, yeah. and it's like, you totally get it. But you should pay money. Give your money to women. Yeah, give your money. Actually pay money, give your money to women. That's new. Yeah. <laughs> 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 um, so yeah, that's Shots and Sparks. So she started writing this subtle creature immediately after going on tour with that album. And she told me that it took her over one year to write this album. It was really interesting because she told me that she sometimes like when she sits and starts to write, um, she said like a really interesting quote. I included this in the piece, but she was like, music kind of like takes you hostage and you sometimes don't have a say in what you'll be creating, which I think is a really interesting way to describe her music because to me, I feel like it actually kind of does have a mind of its own and not to say that like you can't obviously know that it's like her music just by listening to it because I do think she has a very particular sound but it's also very like I feel like every song kind of creates a world of its own so that's just me um so where do we want to start this that's Shira maybe like best tracks track by track like how do we want to do it maybe like um what's it called first impressions what do you think I did really like it I've been listening because I'm like technologically challenged and didn't know how to put it on my (laughs) phone even though I did that with Lemonade. Like, I literally don't know why I couldn't sync it. So I was just listening on my computer whenever I, like, had my computer on. So a lot on the weekend. This is so fun. I feel like, you know how girls on YouTube who review makeup, which I feel like is one of the highest forms of art, will be like, yeah, follow it. And they get free makeup and they're like, I wouldn't do a review unless I really liked it. Yeah. I mean, that's Basically fully- <laughs> feel like that right now. Um, no, I did really like it. I You said it. She has, like, a really distinctive sound, which is definitely true. And I was, but I was also, like, hearing a lot of, 
things that I liked and like trying to think of like who she sounded like or like what yeah. I liked that she sounded like and I was getting like like if you I'd never heard of her um mm-hmm. and so if you have never heard of her but you like like I was hearing like Sylvan Esso, LPJ Harvey, mm-hmm. like um I really like this band called Tao with the Get Down Stay Down. I don't know how popular they are, but it did already that. Fiona Apple a little too. I feel like those are also like Did you get Saint Vincent? Because I got it during especially Subtle Creature itself. Oh yeah. It yeah. just reminds like, me a strange lot of like, Saint Vincent. I don't know. I love Saint Vincent I've so seen. much. One of my um, favorites. Yes. Definitely. Like she has like a a, a deep voice well mm-hmm. I mean I just I didn't even I guess I only saw the album art which is a drawing <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so but I thought that her voice was like deeper than you know what I thought that it would be yeah. but it was a real it's a really good album I really liked it yes um she had a lot of I guess we can go into talking about like track by track maybe but she had a lot of guests on this album it was very collaborative mm-hmm. and she we did talk about that hold on let me so she um, did a song with Shannon F. from Light Asylum. She did one with Jamila Woods. From another. Chance the Rapper songs. Yeah. <laughs> Including <laughs> Sunday Candy. <laughs> I mean, she also did just release a full-length album this summer, which I haven't listened to, but oh, I do I know that she's heard. like... It's called Heaven, but without an E between the V and the N. Um, but apparently her and Jamila know each other from, like, uh, spoken word. Like, oh, they're so both part of that community. And I'm like, that's cute. Um, and then Joseph, which is the band, they're really good. They did Honey in My Pot, which is one of my favorite songs on the album. Yeah, I love that song. So it's just, like, a lot of collaborations. And I feel like it's cute because it's all people that I'm like, I'm like, yeah. Like, this is, like, an interesting but, like, good way to weave in, like, different styles of music and different voices and I'm just like I love I think one of my favorite things about Shira is how like how textured each song is because it's never Mm -hmm. like this is how it's gonna go like standard like I can predict kind of like chorus bridge blah 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 Mm -hmm. and I feel like that's really important because it really makes it seem like a creative project that way I mean not that other music isn't like not trying to say that because I can never there's no way I can ever be a musician but it's still like something that's like I don't know different right do you have any like standout songs that you would highly recommend um so my number one fave is subtle creature the title That's track so featuring Jamila Woods I just like a long song you know yeah I would classify a long song as like maybe like five over plus. five and a half yeah. six minutes right and I just and so this song is like over eight minutes I just it's just impressive to have like a song that's very long mm-hmm. but like you don't get tired of and it like has different yeah. I even though I did like play an instrument for a very long time like I don't know anything about music I'm just like I like those sounds I liked that what ha- when the music changed <laughs> and so like that's literally how I feel like but it was that's my favorite um, and then I really like the last three songs, Temple, I Know Your Eye, and Honey in My Pot. So I would just like, I just kept it on repeat, you know, so I could have shit yeah. to say. Um, but I would like listen to the whole album and then like just go back and listen to like the last three over and over. Mm-hmm. True. Did you like Handlebars? I was obsessed with that song. Mm-hmm. I, I really like. For some reason, love that song. I just feel like it's like, I, I also don't know every single instrument because, you know, I mean, you're a right. resident musician, so maybe you know. Yeah, (laughs) everything that like I don't know anything happens in songs, but there's some like noises. I don't even want to say noises. I feel like that sounds like terrible. It's like there's a noise in that song. (laughs) 
But like, it's just like endearing. You're like, okay, like my brain is liking this. Like, <laughs> I feel like I read an article about how like the signs behind like music giving you chills. Mm, that's so interesting. Um, I'll post it on like our Twitter somewhere. But I feel like it was a chill song. Like it gave me chills and I was really, really into it. And then I love, um, so Tiptoe, I actually like wrote an article specifically about that song, but it was a acoustic reinterpretation of Tiptoe. It wasn't the song that's on the album. Um, it was just basically like her singing in a meadow, like playing a guitar, like whatever, whatever. Um, but I think it's really interesting just some of the lyrics that she includes in it. Is Tiptoe about killing your husband? Yeah. Well, it was about she. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's like ideally like my interpretation. That's really on brand. I mean, that's SGC brand. <laughs> but it's um, she said she was inspired by her grandmother who was just like, like, how, like, let's imagine, like, a 1950s housewife. Like, that's what, like, her grandmother essentially was. And she was talking about, like, not only her mental illness, but her grandmother's and kind of, like, the layers in that. Which I think is really important because, like, even... Have we talked about mental illness on this show before? I don't think, like, in depth. But yeah. we should. We definitely for should. POC and women. Yeah. No, and that's poor my people. Favorite. <laughs> yes. We really need to. Because that experience is completely different. Yeah, no... It's very different than like the traditional like white rich like he's just like, like oh yeah oh, my I'll therapist just go in therapy yeah, or like, like oh Xanax. I have this medication yeah it's just like it's, it's so like, different I'll maybe take a nap and hopefully yeah. not feel depressed yeah. when no, I wake seriously. up seriously so um I just thought that was um what's the line it's like my husband um about driving yeah said I didn't have to learn how to drive because I could close my eyes and like see the world mm-hmm. I'm just but I should have written down that line but I just really really love that line because I'm just thinking Me about too. how like, no, I love that line I too. Like I knew exactly what you were talking about. Yeah, I just like it stuck with me too. Yeah. Obviously, we think a lot about like men controlling like women and feminine people. Yeah. Also, I'm like actually like terrified of driving. So I was like, yeah, this is probably <gasps> my life. Wait, oh my God. I have to send you an article about um, it was this like woman who was like really afraid of driving on highways. So she took like a feminist driving class. And oh part God. of it was like, because like I get really nervous in driving. Like I like get freaked out especially like highways and stuff because it's like one of the reasons why I get nervous is because I'm afraid of what other drivers of think are thinking of me which is also part of my like being like really so socially anxious but it was talking about how like the feminist driving instructor would be like hey like um do you think men like think about like this is such a like feminist but like do you think men when they're driving down the highway are like oh am I going fast enough is someone gonna get mad at my speed like blah 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 just stuff like that and it's like no I actually don't think that because it's like that's crazy it was just like it opened up my eyes to something that like is a gendered thing that wow that's so interesting like I feel like people are always like women are bad drivers like that's always right yeah but it was like so interesting too so we we should talk about that I feel like it could be interesting I don't know this song also reminded me of my mom going back to tiptoe but that's Mm -hmm. I feel like why I also connected with it a lot because for most of my life my mom was just like a housewife but obviously Mexican housewife is a lot different than like um I think she was mom I don't know if she was his her grandmother was Israeli or American I don't know but you know it's like different context clearly but still like you're a housewife so there are some similarities so yeah heartbeat as a prisoner is also a good song Mm -hmm. i like that one and another really good one is untranslatable heat i feel like the like instruments in that one were really good (laughs) 
<laughs> Sorry, I was just thinking about like if someone was doing like a professional album review and they're like, the instruments in that one were really good. You're like, I really like that, like Bob Bob Azava Azava. I don't know what horn that was, but like it, it was, was like a, a horn, and I liked it. Yeah. yeah, like I feel like the horns in Subtle Creature, I really like them. But even though I was in a band, I don't know, couldn't identify a single one of them. But no, that's a feeling. Yeah, I feel it too. I feel like it was like a very like very feminine album. Yes, that's yes. what like first attracted me to her because I found her. But what I used to do is like go through SoundCloud and just find music. Um, and I found Shira on SoundCloud. I don't know how, but I found her. Uh-huh. And yeah, that's how it all started. And I listened to a song that's really good. What's my favorite song off her old album? Oh, it's called Shock and Wedding. It's really good. And that led me to her now. And it's, I see some things from, definitely some things from the last album, kind of some like Shira-isms from the last album. But it's definitely a lot more like, she also talked to me about this in her interview. It's like a lot more like rocky with like more instruments because last album was definitely a lot more like electronic. And this one, it's very electronic still to me, but it's, I don't know, it has a lot of like rock elements to it, which I enjoy. I just love like medleys of genres. Mm-hmm. Do you know if it will be like streaming or what? She's on Bandcamp. And if you purchase the mm-hmm. album on Bandcamp, then like Bandcamp, like on their app, you can just stream it if like oh, yeah. you put the app on your phone. Yeah. I like Bandcamp. Um, I think it's cute. But I, as far as I know, that's the only place that you can like. We'll put it in the reading list even, like, you know, reading, listening, viewing list. Oh, d- JK, she does have a SoundCloud. Oh, she is on SoundCloud. Yeah. All right. Crisis averted. She's on SoundCloud. <laughs> can you... <laughs> stream stuff on soundcloud from your phone yeah there's an app okay another thing just i love when she um she references um god as a woman which is my favorite practice oh yeah i love that too what song is that i think it's temple okay that makes sense if god forgot what she looked like or something yeah yeah that was good and then there was i I feel like temple also has a line about like learning to pray from the wind do you remember that no i don't know that was I like that for some reason. I have a love-hate relationship with religion. Um, very complicated, but I pray, so it's nice to have a little. I have no religion, but like, if God existed, it would. I would think of them as a woman. Oh, clearly. I mean, I only pray to La Virgen, so. And like, whenever people are like, "This is God. He's a white man." I'm like, it's like what? that should not be more false. Um, that sounds like yeah. not like someone I want in control of my life at all. <laughs> I'm like literally check your approval with God. <laughs> literally. But I did love that. Yes. That's so funny that we have the same lines. Like, I know. <laughs> because we it's are. It's very on brand. Know, interconnected. Yeah. We're the sad <laughs> girls. Okay. So should we do a rating? I'm getting like Gilmore guys always rates like each episode. Oh so now I'm obsessed God. with ratings. That's so cute. Should we rate the album? I just feel like it has to be a high rating or else that'd be really awkward. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we could, no, how about we give it a Sad Girls Club stamp of approval? Oh, yeah, That yeah, could be yeah, cute. Definitely. I feel like it could be cute because it's like, if we ever become part of the culture, we can just be like, oh, Sad Girls Club hated that. And then that's how people know right. what to like lean towards and what to not. Official Sad Girls 
club stance on share a subtle creature a yes yeah listen to it talk to us about how much you liked um yes please listen fans. to it because she is a really great musician and a great poet mm-hmm. it was very poetic it was so good she's so lyrically mm-hmm. gifted i feel like some people are so good at just speaking right she's one of those mm-hmm. like what you you know when some people speak like in poems and you're right. like how oh do you goodness. how do you just come up how does your words because it's like I always say, like, things for, like, just, like, things. You know what I mean? What the fuck? Like, no, I, I say don't. Things <laughs> I always say things for things. You're very poetic, actually. I know. <laughs> but it's, like, when someone's, like, oh, blah, 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 and then they're talking about something, but they say, like, I don't I don't even know what I'm saying. I, like, but know, like, what you mean. I just say things a lot, and I feel like things isn't, like, that's, like, one way to know that you're not poetic is things is, like, one of the top three words in your <laughs> Yeah, you need more metaphors. Yeah, yeah. Like, I don't ever include metaphors. Yeah, I mean, maybe I am poetic since I did major in creative writing, concentration in yeah. poetry, but I also you feel like I have are. hardcore imposter syndrome. So I'm like, mm, I'm actually not good at that. But look at it this way. You're the resident SGC poet and musician. This is a pretty big accomplishment. That's true. <laughs> That's am- You can put that on your LinkedIn. I would endorse. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Okay. So, yeah, please listen to Subtle Creature. It comes out August 16, 2016. We'll put her band So it should be out, yeah, by the time this episode. Yeah. And then you can talk to it about us on Twitter at SGC or Sad Girls Podcast. You just made that up. It's full nutter. <laughs> <laughs> it's Sad Girls Podcast, right? Yes, it is. Okay. So I know we wanted to talk about a lot of other things. So let's go so (laughs) the first thing that we want to talk about i know that we actually was it last episode where we talked about leslie jones and this sort of thing happening yeah yeah you know what it's never not relevant Mm -hmm. so we so this is about online harassment we are going to put in the reading list um this really good piece from buzzfeed let me get the title but from buzzfeed news which is like actually i think a really great like outlet it was called like honeypot or something so it reminded me of shira so this article is called a honeypot for assholes yeah honey in my pot um and the (laughs) subtitle is inside twitter's 10-year failure to stop harassment by Charlie Warzel, and it just came out on August 11th. And we're, we're recording on August 15th, so this is a pretty new thing. Fairly recent. Um, what I was thinking about, like, when we came to the idea to, like, talk about this is just because it's the Olympics right now, literally don't care about the Olympics whatsoever, except black girls are amazing at it. Um, mm-hmm. And so Gabby Douglas has been a part of the Olympic conversation. She's a gymnast. Um, from the team from Team USA, and I know it was like what there's like one discussion about like her hair. I actually haven't even seen anything about that. But then there's another thing about she. I guess they're doing. Um, I don't know if it's not national anthem. I think national anthem, not the not the pledge, but maybe one. Maybe it is a pledge. And she, like, didn't put her hand over her heart. And then, yeah. like, racists were just, like, going crazy. And she was, like, I was very overwhelmed and I just, like, forgot. <laughs> like, it yeah, wasn't, I like, mean, you're any at sort the of, Olympics. Like, it's, like. Yeah. Whereas, like, if that was me, it would be a refusal. I would actually sit down. <laughs> <laughs> but for her, she was, like, I literally just, like, was very overwhelmed and I didn't do it. But she got a lot of, like, backlash on that. And she, I know that she gave an interview where she was, like, it was really hurtful. I don't know if she, like, quit Twitter, but. 
Uh, but that was happening really recently. And then Normani Corday from Fifth Harmony, one of the greatest and most awkward girl groups. She's the one black girl. She's dark skinned. She's literally so beautiful. The only person mm-hmm. in the group who I like look at, who I care about. I love her so much. And I really do like Fifth Harmony. I don't really know, I guess, the dynamics of the group or anything, but she's been getting a lot of, like, racist. Yeah, like, basically, there was a sit-down interview where, like, people were asking Normani, like, how you would describe each girl in one word or something. And she, like, was, like, talking about all the girls, blah, blah, blah. And then it comes to Camila, and she's, like, quirky or something. Right. And that apparently, you know people are racist if quirky sparks you it's like that's not that that's cute like that's endearing like white girls love being quirky in 2016 it's like imagine being that privileged that being called cute and quirky is like is a slur. the worst thing that's imagine. but yeah that's i've seen that sort of thing too but i don't know and i it's like children i feel like who are at the heart yeah. of this but like 14 year old girls right yeah so I, yeah, it was, like, her, Camila's fans who were, like, doing the racist tweets is very strange. Um, but she was getting, like, pictures of her, like, photoshopped, like, being lynched. Like, a lot of, like, obviously, mm-hmm. she's a black woman. Like, you can use your wildest imagination to think about the shit that she was getting. And she, like, put a whole thing about, like, I'm taking time away from Twitter. So, and then, of course, we talked about Leslie Jones really recently. So just, that's specific to black women. But as we've said before, like women of color queer and trans people poor people well i don't know poor people because you can't really tell on the internet unless you tweet about how poor you are like i do all the time um <laughs> sex workers like that sort of person on the internet yeah. any sort of woman if you're talking about feminism like all that stuff um so so that's why this conversation came up do you want to talk about the article or finding the article yes so it was basically um kind of twitter is 10 right that's why it's a 10 year failure Oh, yeah. I remember it having a birthday um, thing. A birthday hashtag. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, so basically for Twitter's entire existence, um, it's kind of seen harassment secondary to, in quotes, I meant to say freedom of speech, um, which is, I feel like another conversation that's like very conservative, you know, like that's what like Republicans and stuff. I mean, not that Democrats don't try to do it, but it, it reminds me a lot of the like censorship debates that everyone has about like, oh, like trigger warnings equals not freedom of speech. Like, do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Those sorts yeah. of debates. Yeah. Yeah. So it was like reminding me like I was getting like war flashbacks to those while reading this. And there was a couple of quotes that I thought were standout Um, because basically. uh, Oh, and apparently Biz Stone is also creator of Twitter and Medium. But I only ever heard of Jack Dorsey. I was like, I didn't know there's more people involved (laughs) in this, but guess so. And there was a third one, Ev Williams. But essentially, like, when, who was the woman that they started out? Ariel. Ariel Waldman. They started talking about, they introed with her story and her trying to, like, reach out to Jack. Jack didn't really do anything. um, So she had to go public with her, all the abuse that she was getting. And then one of the founders, Biz Stone, said that Twitter, in quotes, Twitter is a communication utility, not a mediator of content. All right. Mm -hmm. Cool. And so basically, and then, like, all the other people, like, were kind of, like, 
quiet about it um or we're just like our bad like not really like truly feeling for waldman or any of the other victims of abuse they're just like um like this isn't really our issue like whatever whatever and they're like that sucks for you can't relate (laughs) yeah no seriously and then the article goes on to talk about how like unless you're a major celebrity or president obama like no one's gonna do anything Mm -hmm. for you because even these people are getting like like very targeted like racist misogynistic all this other types of hate and they're famous so it's like Mm -hmm. unless you're a high profile user like you really don't have like that no twitter like execs have any incentive to protect you because it's like i i guess their main goal was trying to protect freedom of speech when they started twitter and because like twitter is have has had such a role in like the arab spring and black lives matter and other social movements they're like well it's revolutionary so like the way right. that we've created it is clearly helping some It's like, people. clearly it's good, so... Yeah. The so Arab Spring like, has no happens, issues. So. But it's also, like, I don't... Like, I do think that, like, I guess maybe Twitter as a concept had something to do with it, but I also think it had a lot to do with the people. Right. Do you know what like, I mean? Like, if it it's wasn't like, Twitter, it would have happened. Like, yeah. some other way. I don't know. But it's kind of like... um uh, Another quote that I really wanted to talk about was, they said, on Twitter, abuse is not just a bug but to use a Silicon Valley term of art, a fundamental feature. And this kind of reminds me, reminded me of like, I feel like Jimmy Kimmel does a like celebrities reading mean tweets Uh about themselves. Just like it just becomes like Twitter is now essentially the YouTube section, YouTube comment section of social networks. It's like, well, like this is just going to happen. Might as well make fun of it. But it's like, okay, like if fucking like, who's like a fan, like Mel Gibson is reading tweet mean tweets about himself probably totally warranted because he's trash yeah. <laughs> but also like it has a different connotation right, like it's to literally trauma like normani or even like kids like yeah it's traumatic so it's just like one more thing that i wanted to talk about was just like they talk about how uh here's this i'm just gonna read this paragraph looking back on twitter's early years multiple former senior employees cite twitter's disproportionately white male leadership mm-hmm. a frequent factual critique of silicon valley's biggest and most influential tech companies as creating an environment where building tools to combat harassment was a secondary concern the original sin is a homogenous leadership, one former senior employee told BuzzFeed News. This is part of what exacerbated the problem for sure because they were often tone deaf to the concern of users in the outside world, meaning women and people of color. I hate the women and people of color, but whatever. Like <laughs> Me. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I'm just like, I, I get that like, I don't want anything that's run by white people because that's just... Recipe for disaster. A recipe for disaster. Yeah. <laughs> we said the same thing. Um, oh my God. But I'm also like, what do they even mean by difference in diversity? Because I've been, re- diversity is my favorite thing to talk about and mainly to critique because I think it's a neoliberal way to kind of like be cute about racial progress, but it's actually not doing anything. Whatever. That's a different combo. But like I read about like, a lot of companies doing like personality quirks and that's their diversity <laughs> like in the office. It's like, I'm a morning person. I'm a night person. There, we have diversity. And it's like, no, that actually like, just because you're two different people, yet both right. white doesn't mean that you get to 
Or you're like diversity of ideas. It's like, no. No. I'm talking about race. (laughs) Racial diversity, gender diversity, class diversity. Yeah, exactly. Like multiple We're not talking about like a vegan. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, to the point where like the white people need to be the minority because that's how it is in the world. (laughs) Right. Like what the hell. So it's just like clearly these people, like I feel like this is just fact that like everyone critiques critique silicon valley for just being like boys club like mm-hmm. it's really really like white and male yada yada but but here's my other sorry i'll let you speak after justice because <laughs> i've been talking for so long but also the fact that i feel like white people are the only ones who are obsessed with free speech oh my god do you feel like that's Absolutely, true yeah because it's like i hear no one else talking so much about free speech than white people they're the only ones who are talking about it and they're the only ones who get to say whatever they want right what you can go. I've talked for so long. No, I just, I am really, like, bored of the free speech conversation. We've said that on this podcast before. Like, I just, it's just so clear to me that it's a certain kind of, not even a certain kind of person speech, because if you are POC and you're, like, talking about things that uphold white supremacy or, like, being racist, then your speech will be protected and it will, like, get the same mm-hmm. protections of a white person who's, like, being racist on the internet we've seen like people of color say things and then just be like attacked for them but yeah I just feel like the free speech conversation like is centered on white dudes having free speech to say whatever they want whatever like harmful things they want and even after the Leslie Jones thing she went on to like one of these late night shows and she was like there's a difference between free speech and hate speech and like the people who are so like gung-ho about free speech don't really see that distinction and so I can't really get like free speech like yeah I want to be able to say whatever I want I also like don't want to say things that are harmful to other people um but I'm not gonna go rallying for free speech because I feel like it's it's not something that has ever like that's a right that's never been afforded to me like we can Mm -hmm. uh, people are always talking about the constitution and like the fuck shit that is in that and how it needs a fucking update like seriously at this point none of those things that were written in there were about me and even to this day Mm -hmm. the free speech that was written about that has nothing to do with me and the shit that i'm saying so i'm not I just am not like ever going to be a part of that conversation so just I'm like new to Twitter I think maybe I've been on for like a year or two years I or I I think I started last summer using it like more more often so just a year um so I didn't know that it was like really purporting itself as like the one app where free speech is like one of the number one values I know that it it says in this that like on Insta and on Facebook like they have guidelines about stuff that you can't say and Twitter has started to like do those sorts of things and like have algorithms or whatever for abuse I think that on Facebook and Insta like they're still shitty like they'll take your post down if it's like your tits but you can like have like I've seen so much racist stuff on on Facebook so and that's like linked up to people's like real first last name job your picture Mm -hmm. so it's like I don't understand like it's just to put Twitter like against those two I don't think that that's really something that you can do because I feel like I don't know so much on Insta, like, I guess, whatever. But, like, there's definitely, like, racist 
do thrive as on Facebook and Insta as well yeah. as they do on Twitter and like there's troll accounts I see so much of like on I guess like a famous celebrities like a Insta that they post there's so much like really like rude disgusting things in the comments and I always like go to the people's pages and they're always private I'm like you're okay yeah um but yeah I so I didn't know that Twitter was like yeah free speech is like our number one value but like when you when you see that it's like 70% white people and 70% men it like makes complete sense because the issue of Mm -hmm. like them being attacked for their speech is just like not the same they're just like I don't relate I'm not being called a con I'm not being called a whore people aren't leaking my address because I said like rape jokes aren't funny it had um well it linked to something that Lindy West wrote um so I was I read that one too from the Guardian Uh, Mm -hmm. I'm also reading her book I didn't say that in my reading (laughs) but yeah I really like Lindy West and it's and she's like uh she was at Jezebel she was at um the Guardian and she's just like a woman who like writes about feminism she was writing specifically about like how rape jokes aren't funny and like how people when they say rape jokes like you can attack like rape culture or something or you can attack like specific victims and like people weren't doing that and she was talking about how she was getting so much like backlash she said that like someone like her dad had died and someone like made a like a catfish with like her dad's pose her dad's picture and was like attacking her like so like absolutely insane stuff like this and that's just a day in the life of like an internet user who isn't a white man yeah it's insane and mm-hmm. there's just i don't know like this was an interesting thing because it talked about twitter's whole like Twitter's whole uh, lifetime or whatever of existing and it had a lot of um it brought in like old people who had worked at Twitter who were just like yeah it was a fucking mess like none of the people cared about anything like it'd be really or like we would have suggestions about like dealing with harassment dealing with abuse and they would just be like no like that will make people not want to use it and it's like Twitter is a really big deal I know that there's like everyone I'm sure has heard of like black Twitter and and just like the phenomena of like and that there's like feminist circles on twitter Mm -hmm. a lot of like young people use twitter and i really like twitter like i think it's like great it's fun but it is a space that's used like so heavily by women people of color queer and trans people and it's also so abusive to them it's just like something that you expect you just know going into like being on the internet and being whatever um intersections of what's the of like I don't want to say of oppression but like of your identity that Mm -hmm. would make you a target for abuse you just know like this is a reality of my experience on the internet and it shouldn't be yeah obviously there's a quote where they're like it feels like so much work to use twitter and that should be a real red flag right because it's supposed to be like an enjoy I mean I don't know what the purpose of social networks were originally than just to like talk to people who aren't like there i guess but physically i guess um but the amount of people that i see on twitter every single day getting harassed or if you like you talked about this before just like when one of your posts gets like a like a little bit of traction outside of like your immediate following like and for people who naturally have like large followings like Mm -hmm. big celebrities like big like activists big like whatever like you're gonna get hate no matter what because you're like 
there's just a lot of people um, following you and looking at what you post in your profile and stuff. But yeah, it just shouldn't be that emotionally draining to exist on Twitter. Because right. it's also like, okay, like, let's just think about like, who's cr- who, are, who are the content creators of Twitter? It's not the white male harassers. Right, exactly. So it's if you literally off. bully everyone else off of Twitter, Twitter is going to be just a trash can literally trading kale and quinoa recipes ice bucket challenges yeah talking about their sunburns yeah literally <laughs> that you cannot have awful. the internet without black people young people queer and trans people like they make that the culture. truly be terrible mm-hmm. and the work thing came up at the end i don't even know who ariel waldman is um yeah <laughs> i should probably look them up who like the basis of this was for but she was talking about um like muting and blocking people and i think maybe it was in the lindy west piece when she talked about that um just like engaging with them versus just like muting blocking i don't know if you know Cheska lee um on twitter she's like a youtube person i think she was on like a late show too Mm -hmm. and she will like always engage with people and like educate people and like obviously like that's cool to see like she has a lot more people like liking the posts where she is like educating someone or whatever than trolls or whatever but that is like not everyone is gonna do that and like go read audrey lord the master is cool <laughs> to know like why as people of color like we do not need to be out here yeah. educating people on like very very basic shit like why racism is bad or like why feminism is good mm-hmm. like i'm not gonna do that work but like that's like one way where it is like work but this she's also talking about like blocking 20 people every single day like yeah that is ridiculous like we're like muting people every single day or like obviously i want to be like internet famous and i deserve it but the trolls would eat me alive yeah um so that's the first thing and hopefully we don't have to talk about that for a little while but even if we're not talking about it it's happening the next thing that we wanted to talk about was i don't know if we have a specific like presidential update thing don't know if hillary has done shit in the past few weeks but i do feel like every day donald trump has said something idiotic yeah that's um, like an everyday thing yeah, yeah. but like uh, those are our two nominees now they're just still they haven't started doing debates yet but they're still out there doing stuff and we talked about this before, but I know you want to talk about it. I've definitely seen it happening some more. Just like basically the most basic iteration of this is if a POC of color is like, I don't really like Hillary. Like, I don't like this thing that she said or did. Yeah. There's many things. And then a person, a white person is like, well, if you like don't vote for her, then Trump will be the president. Like, is that what you want? Like, it'll be all your fault. Yeah. That's like, obviously there's variations of that, but that is one thing that I've been seeing so much or someone will be like, if you, there's like the third party people, I know there's Jill Stein and there's, I think Gary, Gary Johnson maybe on the Republicans or, or whatever, Libertarian or whatever, one of those yeah, sects of yeah. re- Republicans. <laughs> people are like, oh, if you vote for them, then that's a vote for Trump. It's like, no, that's a vote for Jill Stein if I vote yeah. for Jill Stein. Like, if I vote for, if I don't vote for Hillary, like, that's not a vote for Hillary. That's not a vote for Trump. That's just me not voting for Hillary. Like, it isn't, it wouldn't be my fault. 
Yeah. So I don't know. What did did you want to? Yeah, it just really pisses me off because I've been seeing it from so-called progressive people that are mm-hmm. like young too. Like for some reason, there were so many politicals that went to college with us. Like there are a ton of them. <laughs> and they think that I care about what they're telling me. They think that I care about what they have to say. I clearly don't. Their go-to, especially if they're white, this is their go-to is just like just like what you were saying threatening with the like idea of a Trump presidency they're threatening POCs with that without like realizing how how like white supremacist that is in nature I don't know because it's like for a lot of people their lives won't change if Trump wins right well not I don't know about a lot of people because I think whites are technically the minority are they are they still majority I don't know but like in America like demographics i don't know um i don't think white people are the minority are they the majority no no way i know in like yeah, california well, think about everything in like the fucking midwest yeah it's like milwaukee that has yeah. iowa wyoming there. wisconsin yeah. north and south dakota like all that shit yeah. is like okay you can't see okay, a you're right face. <laughs> i guess yeah. you're right i forget that like america isn't just like 10 big cities all right so yeah so unfortunately white people are still the majority in america even because essentially white people say that's because they want like whatever candidate they want hillary to win because it's generally like people rallying behind her or the democratic or bernie when he was still in the running just like the opposite of the republican party essentially being like all right like obviously like hillary is the lesser of two evils so like you gotta vote for her because your life's gonna suck if trump wins like Like, it's just, like, so gleefully to me, like, without any remorse, without any empathy, without actually thinking about how the American political system came to be. Yeah, it's like people were literally excluded from voting. Many of us couldn't vote until fairly recently in our time. Like, your parents were probably alive when certain people got the right to vote. Mm -hmm. So for that to just be like... (laughs) vote for this person or else your life's going to be even worse it's like no if you actually care about how worse anyone's life could be is you would actually be like maybe trying to change some parts of the political system maybe trying to like hold politicians accountable in some ways like thinking about like all these industrial complexes that are happening like because like a vote for hillary isn't going to make anyone life like magically better you know what i mean it's like we know like her policies we know what she is about it's like just like to scapegoat like people in this regard to just think of them as like well like if it isn't for you then when what's the we read an article about this where like white women are like more likely to vote republican than democrat is that Mm -hmm. true it's like Mm -hmm. why don't you go talk to your sisters about this like they're clearly voting republican at a rapid rate and obviously a republican win is going to affect women of all races so why don't you like get mad at them why is it this is why it's clearly racist because it's not just like any person who could be affected by republican presidency it's like the people who are like I don't know, affected in multiple ways. Yeah, it's like, I mean, white people hate facts, so it doesn't even matter <laughs> when we bring them up. They do not care. That's full because, truth. Wait, do you I remember mean, back in the day when we watched that MTV film, White People? The White People documentary? <laughs> the person in the film. Never will I forget. They said, like, facts, and then the white person just it was didn't about, care. Um, 
affirmative action. Yes. She was like, well, I'm a white girl and I didn't get into the school because I'm white. And then the host was like, actually, like, white women benefit most. And then her friend was like, oh, wow, thanks for, like, giving me that information. She was like, you believe him? Yeah. <laughs> She's like, you change your opinion based on facts? <laughs> like, everyone should watch this documentary, White Privilege. Yeah, or is it called White People on MTV? But, like, yeah, that is, those. when I watched it, I was like, I cannot believe that this person, you know, heard facts that yeah. discredited their opinion. Yeah. And they didn't, and they were still like, no. They were pissed that someone changed their opinion because of the facts. Yeah. Like, you saw it in real time, this person, like, watching their friend get facts and change their opinion and being like, why'd you do that? <laughs> oh, my God. So, like, that's what we're dealing with, you know? Yeah. Friendly neighborhood white person is dealing with that, just refusal, refusal to believe facts. Because the article that you're thinking of is, um, it's called I'm Not Ready by Sidet Harry, and we talked about it really mm-hmm. early on, but, and there's a lot of articles and statistics and just, you know racial the racial makeup of who votes republican and who votes democrat um and it's mostly white people Mm -hmm. who vote republican men and women so when i hear people say that it would be my fault or poc who don't want to vote for hillary's fault if donald trump becomes president it just doesn't add up how would it be my fault if white people voted for him in the majority exactly that just is basic math like it doesn't make any sense and so i have always like in this whole election cycle been so frustrated with that especially because like with the black lives matter movement like from its involvement with pushing um candidates like from from starting in last year they have been and and not just like the black lives matter like organization that we know just like lots of smaller groups and like smaller people as well Mm -hmm. um definitely trying to make at least the Democrats, because the Republicans, like, e- there were even some brown ones who were like, I love white supremacy. Mm-hmm. But people were really trying to make the Democratic candidates talk about race, talk about um, police brutality, talk about systematic racism, talk about racial dis- discrimination and disparities. Um, and I remember, like, there was a hashtag, like, earn this vote or lose it like something along those lines of like you need to earn this vote like I'm not just voting for you because it's like a lesser of two evils mm-hmm. things like if I vote for you I actually want to see specific changes that will make my life better yeah like because it's going to be shitty either way racism isn't gonna like go away in November like regardless of who is a president and like to be honest like it will probably be just as bad like regardless of who wins mm-hmm. or not it's not like everyone who is like committing literal hate crimes and like yeah. all of Donald Trump supporters. It's not like they're all going to like have Disappear, a change of heart yeah. in November if, if she wins. Loses, like yeah. they've always existed and they're going to continue to exist afterwards. So as far as like racism, that isn't, that's, it's not going to change come November in the next few years. So for people of color to be like pushing these candidates and making sure that they're included in this in a way that it really has not been happening so much in past elections and then for people to be like well just vote for her like she's lesser of two evils like you don't have another choice meanwhile white people are gonna vote for donald trump no matter what he says no matter what he does i remember back when the dnc happened a few or rnc a few weeks ago and uh, melania 
stole her fucking speech Mm -hmm. verbatim from Michelle Obama. What else has Trump done recently? Because I know that he's... Let me go check his Twitter because I know that he loves to, like, respond. Oh, there was the, um... There, like, I think at the Democratic convention, there was, like, a Muslim parents who had lost their child, like, in the war, like, they spoke at the Democratic convention, I don't know if you saw this, and Donald Trump was like, why didn't the mom speak? Like, is it because some women cannot speak because of their religion? And, like, that happened, and so many people were like, I obviously don't support the military, they were like, this is an American hero, and his family, like, that is very disrespectful, no matter what party you are a part of. So that happened recently. He, like, Um, threatened Hillary or something. Yeah, the Second Amendment thing, when he was like, Hillary's gonna take away her gun, she hits the Second Amendment. If you love the Second Amendment, you should do something about that, maybe. (laughs) Wink, wink. And so all of this has happened in the past few weeks, and I've seen, I remember seeing people who were like, Trump is really trying to lose, and, like, white people are not letting him, like, that... Those three examples are fucking insane. Insane. And people are still like, yeah, I'm going to vote for him. Like, this could really happen. This is, it wouldn't be shocking. America would, it's just like people are acting as though, like, people refusing to vote for Hillary or people pushing Hillary to, you know, make her platforms or whatever more diverse or any of this sort of thing. Like, if, like, us doing it is making Trump or is going to help Trump win. And it's like, mm-hmm. he's going to win on his own because there's a bunch of Ameri- white American people. Racist. This is like a fucking racist country. Hello. Yeah. Like, I don't even, like, do I have to say that? <laughs> it's like, it's pretty much we used to sell point. black people yeah. in this country. Not that long ago. It's shocking to you that a president who's racist and, like, says all this stuff would win? Mm -hmm. No. There's so many people in this country who literally wish that it was still slavery. I was watching, um, this was insane. I don't even know what channel it was on. It was, like, a clip on Tumblr. And, like, Mississippi just asking, is Hillbilly offensive? What? I don't know. It was asking just, like, redneck. Like, those kind of people. Like, what they think about... Those terms? No, no. About, like, the presidential election. And, like, what they think about Obama. This one dude was like, I don't like Obama because he's a half-breed. What the fuck? Like, literally. Just, like, and people who are like, I don't like when people get handouts. Like... This was a direct conversation. Like, this guy's like, I don't like when people just skip things and they don't work. And then another person in the frame is like, you get, you're on welfare. He's like, well, uh, I don't like when other people get it. And it, like, literally, like, these are opinions of, like, yeah. people. And, like, I live in New York City, so sometimes I'm like, oh, yeah, we're all on the same level. No. America's very big. There's a lot yeah. of voter disenfranchisement that will prevent... People of color, young people, elderly people from voting. That is the thing that's going to happen in November. And it's like there's many people of all education levels. Like they're not all hillbillies and rednecks. Yeah, who fully know. love Trump. Yeah, support him. Exactly. Can't wait for him to be president. We'll vote for him. We'll tell their like campaign for to vote for them. We'll make sure people get to the polls to vote for him. That's going to happen. And yeah. it's not shocking at all in America. Full now. Like, and it's not yeah. going to be my fault if it happens. <laughs> totally. No, it's my county um, where I live. It's like what well, I don't want to say. I feel like everyone already knows where I live. But whatever. My county like always goes red and it's by like a huge margin. It's like 70, 30 red. Um, and it's shot. It's like not shocking, but like it's like most of the white people for a fact that I will meet in my county are voting for Trump. That's just like 
a fact of the matter that like me and my friends like go to the pool every day because that's just, we don't have jobs but like we have like lively conversations there just because it's like what else are we gonna do and like I just like remember like every time I would talk about politics like anything I remember like we talked about like um the Stanford rape case a while back like we talk about Trump like all this stuff where it's like to the, you know, like, just average person that's in my circles, like, it's clearly, like, they think the same ways yeah, I do. But right, I just, like, yeah. see the reactions from, like, white moms at the pool. And they're just, like, looking at, like, me and my friend in disgust. And I'm just, like, wow. Like, I, yeah. I like, forgot because my school – I hate the term liberal bubble because everyone – I guess, like, liberal actually means racist, TBH. But, like, it's just so, like – it's like most people I meet run into like who like live near me are going to vote Republican. So it's like this is not like especially this is why it made me hate so much when when Trump was first like about a year ago when we were podcasting like when we first started the podcast we were talking about Trump and like white people were making jokes out of it. It's like why? Like this is your doing. You act right. you caused this. And maybe like not you specifically, but your grandpa did. So what are we what are we gonna do about it? Cause I don't think a joke's gonna And it's not like it you can't even claim like, oh, like I use humor to like deal with trauma. You cause this trauma. Like you you aren't dealing with anything. You're just being racist and perpetuating it. Yeah, and then for so many people, they're like Oh, like I, it was, it was funny or, or it was amusing or it was not like actually scary until like this thing happened. Yeah. But for like people of color, even like for like one of the very first things that he said, like was about Mexican people and, and immigrants. Yeah. And so like, it was never fucking funny. Yeah. But then these people are like, oh, when he insulted that war hero, like it's it like, just that's, that's now, where I draw the that line. That was the end. Yeah. And it's like, um he was never funny it was always terrifying and if you just got to this like a few a few weeks ago he crossed the line because he's just consistently being so problematic like i know with elizabeth warren and the like calling her pocahontas thing has also been Mm -hmm. all the stuff that he said about women it's just like you just allow that to happen when we talk about legacy of colonization like there's this is like embedded into yeah. America, like the reason that Trump would become a presidential nominee and that he would have so many supporters. It's it is not shocking, but I certainly have not been amused by it, mm-hmm. and it wouldn't like if he won, I would, I would, I wouldn't be shocked. I'd be like, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> but it is, it's crazy because um, pe- like the reasons why people are drawn to him are just so in just like don't make any sense like I get the whole vibe of being like um, what is the what is the word that they use like an it's not outsider but like like I, non-establishment like a, a term for it. Like, right non-establishment right or something like that like I yeah establishment like it's it hasn't been great it hasn't been a <laughs> utopia but I'll like I'll admit that but um I don't want a, like a what is he like a he makes buildings real real estate he's like a real estate he was on a he had a reality yeah, tv apprentice. show i don't want that don't to be present really know what his job it's is like if we're being honest. yeah it's like yeah um it's hasn't been always great but um i would like you to have a little bit of experience <laughs> 
American government to be the president of America. And like, yeah, Hillary is shitty. No one has ever had more experience than Hillary to be the president of the United States. Like, that's just not happened. So to have Donald Trump, it's like, like, I've seen some, I've seen some conversations with people about why they like him. And it's literally like, he says what's on his mind. He doesn't care about PC culture. It's like... Did I say the word privilege enough um, on this episode? <laughs> I feel like, like I have What kind of fucking much, so privilege to be like, he's PC. It's the president of the United States. Yeah. It's like, there's so many, like, what about, like, his policy? What about, like, the things yeah. that he's going to enact, like, in this country? Like, yes, I don't like Hillary, but, like, the Hyde Amendment and, like, women's rights and reproductive rights, like, I know, I know that, like, she will champion for those things and like that's very important to me like obviously i'm not gonna vote for trump but like that's the thing that's a policy thing that's very important to me and like i'm happy that there will be some sort of changes towards that when if she's elected yikes um donald trump you like he's like said some things that you liked you rt'd him a few times like he made (laughs) you laugh and that's why you want him to be the president of the united states that's just ridiculous. That's ridiculous. For some, it's insane to me that for some people, lives fully will not change yeah. if he's the president. We'll probably get better. Honestly, <laughs> yeah. <Whatever. laughs> just like I just want white people to stop telling people of color who to vote for. Just flat mm-hmm. out, don't do it, and especially don't guilt someone into voting for whoever you champion in this election because that's racist i literally saw a chitch who was like hashtags in his bio like progressives for hillary like millennials for hillary like something like that and he was calling and this black person was like i'm not voting for hillary like i don't agree with her policies like it would go against my beliefs to vote for her and he was like wow you have the privilege of not voting it's like oh my god how like that's the mindset like I just cannot believe that you would call, say, a black person, yeah. you know, has the privilege. To opt out. What? And then it it's, I don't I know that, oh like, we're God. trying to wrap this up because I feel like I'm just saying the same thing. But it, <laughs> this has been happening, like, so much in the election. Just, like, mm-hmm. this idea that um, mostly people of color just, like, are not smart enough and, like, don't haven't thought about it enough, like, who, who they want to yeah. vote for. And it's like, oh, so well, let me sense. tell you. Yeah. Like, it's no. Just, absolutely I no. I definitely, like, no. Like, I thought about it. Yeah. <laughs> I put some thought into it. Probably yeah. more than you have because this right. will actually affect my, my life. life. Greatly. I'm not yeah. just a policy junkie who, like, watches C-SPAN and, like, does this for fun. Like, this is actually going to affect my livelihood. So, yeah, I'm going to think about it. God, I'm just so over it. Yeah, but I don't really know where all we are in the, like, when the debates are happening. I just, those are going to be such a fucking shit show. Oh, fully. Like, I cannot imagine Donald Trump debating Hillary. It's just, it's giving me a headache just fucking imagining it. Yeah. But, yeah. So, (laughs) let's see if we can do another topic. Don't even know, because we actually don't have any... Um, we just saw a group of words on the internet and wanted to talk about those. I saw a tweet from, oh, I found it. It was, mm-hmm. it's from Andy, um, Zeisler. She's a founder of Bitch Media. Okay. Um, which is a really cool magazine. And she tweeted, 
Don't know why. Um, but she tweeted, things that are not synonyms for feminism. Entrepreneurship, power, status, capital, success, being nice to other women. Such a good tweet. That's true. Things I think about iconic. a lot, right? Yeah. And so and so that is what inspired me to tweet. Talking about feminism isn't being nice to other women is a fave topic. Can't remember if we're talking about it on <laughs> Sad Girls Call. <laughs> like that's what I tweeted when I saw this a few days ago. Um and so we wanted to talk about that. I know that this has been a long episode but everyone loves it because we we have to like we've been on break for two weeks that's true it's been a while but yeah so we we wanted to just theorize on that a little bit yes because it's definitely something that i and even back to um andy's Lysers tweets entrepreneurship power wealth status capital success that is another thing that i think a lot about about like how that is not feminist specifically when I'm talking about um like lean in feminism and like that for white people because I do think that it is feminist when a woman of color has power and capital and capital and 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 success and wealth and that sort of thing um but I don't know if we want to talk about that so much I guess we can start with being nice to other women well I feel like that one is just I mean I know we both get a lot of comments about how rude and mean we are um <laughs> yeah just sgc brand um yeah seriously but it is my favorite thing because i just don't understand how this became it i actually saw a tweet like a thread it was rt'd onto my timeline about people talking about the exact opposite of this where they think that part of being a feminist is being nice to everyone and i get like get like being there for other women kind of um and it's not like I'm ever gonna like be like calling women slurs like that sort of thing like I'm not gonna be doing that but at the same time I'm already a socially awkward person I don't like to like make I'm not like outgoing like that's not me like I'm not gonna like that shouldn't be factored into like any feminist work or whatever I do as part of like that being valuable in my feminism I just feel like it's just like why is that part of what's more important than like let's say because we can have someone being like nice like smiling but then also being like transphobic racist right like fat phobic it's like all those things are still happening with a smile on this person's face so what's the what's the issue there and i don't i also don't know if we should make niceness synonymous with like anti-oppression i mean i don't know how we feel about that but mm-hmm. yeah i love feminism is very important to me um but I think that I think that this like everything like is very racialized because I think that I don't know like specifically what prompted Andy Zeisler to tweet about tweet that list but like I see so much of women of color calling out racist problematic on whatever level white women or women like with privilege which is to say like poor women calling out women with capital like I saw recently this tweet that was like I hate when someone puts a their cash me or like their Venmo or their Amazon wish list in their bio like it's I hate that and it's like well you know people are poor and that's a way and like I wouldn't put that in my bio just because like there's no reason people should give me money like my tweets aren't that good I don't like do any sort of like work on the internet but like some of my like favorite writers or favorite artists or like favorite internet personalities people who I've learned from like yeah they can 
yeah, you should pay them. Give your yeah, money to women. Clearly. Like, uh, uh, they should put their thing and you should buy them a fucking book for their also Amazon wish list. And so, like, that's, like, an example of that, like, on a class level. Of course, um, queer and trans women are always calling out straight and cis women on the internet and in other spaces, like, in the online life and in real life. And I think that like that is sometimes positive is like oh well like you should be nice like you should be understanding like you should educate them and it's just like obviously empathy and compassion are very important and I like definitely think that if we can be that yes we should be if it isn't like emotionally taxing I'll I'm not going to be out here like if you say something that's racist problematic sexist classes I'm not gonna hold your hand I'm not gonna be nice I will call you out and that is a feminist act (laughs) like it's not anti-feminist if like these interactions where women who like have are not as privileged as, as like the women they're calling out calling in whatever like I see that as like one of these ways people are like oh well like it would be really it's not feminist because like you weren't nice to them. No, feminism has nothing to do with being nice. It's a movement to end sexist oppression. Like, sometimes that involves, like, tense conversations and being called out and being told, like, you are wrong you or, like, you are not, like, this is not a conversation for you. Like, just in the last talk when we are talking about a white or... I don't know if the person was white but like a non-black person saying that a black person has privilege in not voting like white people and non-black people of color should never take up space in conversations about black people and their choices and their activism it has nothing to do with you if like sometimes that is a part of a feminist conversation but there definitely is a lot I feel like I see it like because there have been times when I've like been like no like this isn't for you like why are you talking about this blah 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 and people have like cried and I'm like maybe I was just saying it in a mean tone but like I don't know it's like maybe I am mean oh I'm fully I'm fully <laughs> mean I self-identify yeah. as a mean girl that's I mean not, there are times when like true. I am like okay that person was rude but I feel like it's I don't know but I feel like I would never be like oh my god, like, she hates women because she was rude to me. You know what I mean? I'm just like, okay, rude. And I'd, like, rant about it or be over it, but, like, I'm not going to be, like, fundamentally, like, ruin feminist movement because, like, she's, you're what's wrong with feminism is, like, this girl, like, being mean to me. It's like, okay, it's not that serious. She's just rude. And that's it. I'm just like, there are worse, like, people actually affecting, like, institutional change that are, bad for feminism rather than just like one girl being like rude I feel like it's just like it's not that serious mm-hmm. and the, yeah I definitely think that when it's like posited as like a tenet of feminism like being nice yeah in general or being nice to other women like that's problematic and then going yeah. back to some of the other things that she said about like capital wealth financial success like I think about that a lot because I don't know if feminism is necessarily like more mainstream now like I didn't really like know anything about feminism until I started college so don't really know what it used to be like that was only four or five years ago (laughs) um but I definitely think that there's so much of like power feminism and even with like Hillary Clinton everyone's like oh she broke the glass ceiling I saw so much of that when she at the DNC it's like the glass ceiling is 
incredibly intact. She didn't do anything. It still exists. Like Hillary, Hillary Clinton becoming president, there's a lot of issues still happening. Like, yeah, just like the idea that women, and usually white women, um, mm-hmm. acquiring any sort of like wealth, status, capital, high position jobs, like that doesn't do anything for women on the ground. And I, I, back when people were like, wow, now my daughter can be president, I was like, why would you want your daughter to be president? Like, that is the worst job. Yeah, that's Besides the fact that terrible. it's like a lot of work, like, the president has to make fucked up problematic decisions. Going to war, dropping drones. I don't want my daughter to do that, or even any of my fucking friends or family. Like, that's not... It's not great that that is a thing now that a woman has done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Are we done, Gwen? <laughs> yeah, I think we may be done. This was a jam-packed episode. It was. I'm excited for it. Yes. All right, everyone. So thank you for listening. Um, please find us. Tweet at us at Sad Girls Podcast. I don't know what I was trying to talk about. Um, and we're on iTunes, Stitcher, Mixcloud, Acast. Is that just Sad Girls Club? Yeah, I'm sure you can just you can search, just search yeah, Sad Girls on Club any of any those of apps. Those. Mm-hmm. Yeah, please write and review us. Please do that. And subscribe. That's like a full please. Because we do, we don't see who is subscribed, but we see how many subscribers we have. And so that's exciting when it is more. Yeah, when it goes up, we're really into that. So that's that on that. Bye. Bye.